Okay, so I have a question for you to think about. And that is, what is money? Have a think about what you think money is. I'm going to hand some around, but I'm watching. I know how much I've got. So if you take it, touch it, pass it around. There you go, there's some money. Anyone else want some money? Ah, ah, there's some money. <laughs> Let's go down the back as well. That's it. So take it, pass it around. Money likes to move. There you go. I'm watching you. Yeah. Oh, you got my book. You're definitely having some money. <laughs> there you go. So I want to see this money moving around. It's almost like musical chairs. There you go. Just keep moving. All right, we'll go around the back there. There you go. Move it. F move it. F I've counted exactly how much I have. There you go. So move it around. Pass it forward. Pass it backwards. Pass it. Pass it fast. Touch it. Feel it. So, have you noticed over the years how money has changed? So, you feel it now, and what is it? You just call it out if you, you, you're good just to call it, or should I ask for names? How do we, well, if we go do hands this? Up. Okay, yep. Hands up, and then do I just put. Okay, yeah. Let's go, Charlie, Charlie. That's very true. Very true. Yep. Am I allowed to give out merits? Go on then, sir. Well, That's to... definitely a merit there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sorry, yeah? Uh, it's the value of different currencies has also changed because of the market and trading stuff. Yes. So, a hundred years ago, what would 20 pounds buy you? Yeah. So, a hundred years ago, I think the average house price in 1952 was £3,000. And now, it's about £300,000. You probably could have bought this school 100 years ago for £100. Now, what can you buy with £20? Not much. Do you know why that is? Inflation. So, inflation is where the value of money goes down. So, you will be taught by banks and the media to save money. Why is that wrong? Or at least, why does that not build wealth and riches? So, if you put this in the bank, but we've just said that this is going down in value. But people tell you when you put money in the bank that money goes up in value. So you're told to save money and you think it's because your money will go up in value. But when inflation is high like it is now, inflation reduces the value of your money. So why do you think you're told to save money if 
it doesn't go up in value in a savings account. There could be, there definitely could be less inflation. Depends on other factors like interest rates. Yeah? Thanks, Maura. Yeah, please, yeah, yeah. A beer over here? Yes. So if you continually put money in the bank, your bank account might grow up, go up in value, but inflation is still dropping the value of your money. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> so, printing more money creates more inflation. So, you're taught to save money because the banks want your money. Now, the banks make the money. So I think we should have a merit here, because I think we're going somewhere here, if that's all right. Yeah. So the banks make the money. So imagine I'm the bank, and I'm making the money. And then I'm giving out the money. But then I tell you, oh, but if you want to look after your money, you need to give it back to me, and I'll look after it for you. Sorry about that. <laughs> but imagine if I gave Sir this money, and his brother liked sweets. And he gave that money to his brother who likes sweets. Is he thinking, oh, that money is safe? Or that money might be spent on sweets by his brother? I think we all know the answer. So the banks want your money. So they can tell you they'll look after it. But it's like giving your brother or sister money for sweets. They're not going to be able to help to go out and buy sweets. Do you know what the bank's version of sweets are? And people don't tell you this. Interest, definitely a merit. So interest is where they earn money. On whose money? On your money. But didn't they just print it and give it to you? And then you gave it back to them. And they earn on your money. But they made it. And their version of sweets is called profit. So I make this money and I give it, yeah, give it out. So holding it like this. <laughs> yep. And then I go, do you know what? I've made that out of nothing. And now that's 20 pounds. But do you know what? Give it back to me. Yeah, thank you very much. And, um, hmm. Yeah, this is now going to go down in value, so your £20 is going to be worth £19 and £18 and £17. But I'm okay with that. So, first thing I want to tell you about money is that saving is good for discipline. I.e., stop spending and wasting money. So you spend money on things, some things you need, some things you don't. But many things you spend your money on you don't really need. You just think you need. And then you've got no money left. So what you do is you save. So you've got money. But if you give, to, if you give it to the bank, the bank lend it out. They make profit on your money. And then what if you want it back? Well, you think, well, I'll go to the bank and I'll ask for it back, but they don't hold that money in the bank. They give it out like I do. 
So you might not be able to get your money back. So, if you want to grow up wealthy, and I, by the way, I don't just mean lots of money. I mean, because the word wealth comes from wheel, W-E-A-L. And that means well-being. So if you want to grow up with well-being, where you also have money as part of that, you need to protect this. And the way that you do this, and you might want to write this down, is to invest. So you are taught to save your way to having money, but the banks make profit from you. They make this and they give it to you. And then you give it back. And then they lend it out. And then they make profit on it. And then you're like, yeah, but really, I really need some money right now. But inflation is pulling the value down. Do you know in the year 1088, the whole land and property value in the UK was one million pounds. I have a car collection now that's worth more than one million pounds. So, in a thousand years, you could get the whole of the UK for a million pounds, and now, many people live in houses in nice areas that are a million pounds. So this is how money goes down in value over time. And the way that you protect yourself from that is by investing. Because money goes down over time, but assets go up over time. So, therefore, you might ask yourself, what assets can I put the money that I earn into? Now, there's different types of assets, and I'm going to list some for you. So, the first type of asset, which is maybe the, one of the most valuable, is information. If you write this down, information. Now, I remember a mentor of mine, he said to me, Rob, the more you learn, the more you earn. He said to me, readers are leaders, but those who don't read have no advantage over those who can't read. And because some people say to me, yeah, but Rob, I I've been raised, you know, my parents are split up and I'm in a bit of a rough area and, you know, I don't believe in myself. It's still possible to live well. Remember, wealth is not just money. Wealth is also well-being. Because sometimes people say to me, you know, because Catherine didn't want me to talk. Sorry, Mrs. B. <laughs> um, I won't get invited back next year. <laughs> um, it's not just about money and watches and cars. It's definitely not. But let's say Mrs. B was really ill. She needed a life-threatening operation. It was an emergency and you needed £100,000 to pay for the surgery, would it be good if you could get access to that money? Should be good. It would be good. So, 
What money gives you is speed. Money gives you speed. So when I gave you the, the money, asking you to pass it around and observe money, one of the reasons I wanted to do that is to show you that this is not just worth 20. If I give it to you, it's 20. Now give it back to me, it's 40. Now give it to sir, it's 60. And let's keep it going, let's get, just pass it around, that's 80. Keep passing, that's 100. It's 120, it's 140, it's 160, it's 180, but I thought it was just 20. No, no, no keep going, it's 200. It's 220, it's 240, keep, yeah, pass some more. 280, 320. So money doesn't just have one value, what it says on it, it stores value. And what that means is, let's say, hmm, I'm a cobbler. These are a bit dirty. I'm going to shine them up. And I really put some elbow grease in and I shine them up. And I might say to sir, what would that be worth to you to shine up those shoes? I'll do 20 minutes work and I'll make them look immaculate. What would you pay? I think I'd give you about 10 pounds, sir. 10 pounds. Well, have we got any? Because I've given it all away. <laughs> so I'm, I receive 10 pounds. So what I did was, I created 10 pounds worth of value for Sir. And Sir felt like 10 pounds is what's called fair exchange for the services. Now let's say I did an even better job and I don't know, I sprayed the insides and made them smell nice. And I redid the laces. You could see your face in them. How much might you pay now? Well, I haven't got particularly stinky feet, sir, but I'll give you 20 pounds for that. 20? So now I have 20. So what I have is, I have money, which is a receipt and a store of the effort I've given to sir. So whether you want to be a doctor, a dentist, a nurse, an entrepreneur, a business owner, a creator, a YouTuber, a podcaster, or whatever, if you put lots of effort and energy into the services, people are going to pay you more money. And then you're going to invest that money into assets. Property is an asset. The stock market is an asset. What you know is an asset and then that's going to go up in value. Or you're going to go, ah, can't really be bothered. Do a rubbish job, get paid five pounds, go and buy a load of sweets, the money's disappeared. So this is essentially a receipt and a voucher of the energy and effort you put in. So I was taught by mentors of mine. Whenever you get the chance to do a job, always do more than you're asked. So let's say you want to clean cars, or you're going to do some summer gardening for your neighbours, and they ask for the lawn to be done, but you do the flower bed and the hedges, and it looks beautiful, and you took an hour longer than you were supposed to, and you were going to get paid 20, 
but they come out and they see the garden. They're like, wow, I didn't ask for all this. I'm going to give you a tip. And you get 40. So whenever I'm in London, I always get the taxi. And the taxi driver drives. Now, taxi drivers can be a bit grumpy. And I sit in there and driving along and da 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 And when it comes to paying the bill, if it's 21 pounds, I give him 40 pounds. And it makes his day. And he goes home and tells his wife. She tells the kids. And so everyone talks, oh, there was this guy. And he gave me a 19 pound tip. And I made his day and then he remembers me and then he goes and tells everyone. Or I could sit in the back and he's driving along. Oh, you took me the long way round. And I'm late. I don't want to pay. I could just run. <laughs> then he's just going to chase me and be really upset and tell everyone. So money is this voucher that has energy that you put your heart, your soul, your time, your work, your love into it and you exchange it around. And what this does is hold the value. So I've got this knowing that this was what Sir valued my cleaning his shoes at. I don't know how, I, I tend to go a bit over time, as you know, I speak a lot. Um, can, uh, by the way, um, you can keep the money. Uh, no, no, no. We're going to take it back in. Teachers, can you all go alongside here? Can we take it in? I promise to spend it on them for you. Okay. But we're going to take it in. Because it would be very unfair that one child should have that money over another, wouldn't it? Right? Unless you have money to be able to give everyone in the whole school. I'm not coming back if I do that. Right. Okay. So, but, but you'll do some nice things with the money. Can we all? We will, definitely. Can Good. just send the money down to the end here? I, try, I did try for you. Down. <laughs> so, right at the back. So, Mr. Larry, Mr. Jones, etc. Right down at the back. Can we please make sure that the money comes back? Um, sir, I wanted to ask you... Um, is it always the case that all investments will make more money? No. Right. So can you just explain the difference between good investments and bad investments? Yes. And how you're meant to know the difference? Yes. And is it always possible to know? No. Right. So a good investment is one that goes up in value. A bad investment is one that goes down in value. Well, what you do is you do what's called research. And research is where you analyse what you think could happen. So, for example, property. In 1088, all the property and land was worth one million. Now it's worth billions. So if you go back, you can see that that's gone up over time. If you look at the stock market, that has gone up billions. But then if you look at crypto... Hmm, maybe that's not been around very long and that can also go down in value. So remember I said earlier, the more you learn, the more you earn. And information is one form of asset. That's a very good way to make sure that you don't get scammed 
or because if you put 20 pounds into an investment and it goes down to 10, well, you might as well just put it in the bank because inflation is less. There's all sorts of great books and podcasts where you can do your research on investments. Right. Thank you, sir. Were there other things you wanted to say? I mean, that's my question. Sir, why don't we ask everyone what questions they might have? Yeah. Yes? Brilliant. Thanks so much, Miss. So, hands up. I know we've got loads of questions to ask. I'm actually going to stand on the stage so I can see people as clearly as possible. Uh, I'd like to start with Hardy over on the sixth form side. You have what's called fiat money or fiat currency, which is paper. But then you have what's called commodity money or currency, which is gold, diamonds, silver, and things that people attribute value to. Things that are rare and scarce. And generally speaking, commodity type money, gold, silver, other precious metals, diamonds, they generally do quite well especially when inflation is high. Because when inflation is high, people are like, money is going down so quickly in value. I don't know if I want to hold money. Because you know you go to some of these countries in Africa, and you can get million dollar bills, and they can buy loaves of bread. Because that's how much money's gone down. So gold is a, generally a good investment. And with gold, you can always go back and see what it was worth five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So this might be worth writing down. Anything that lots of people want, but there's not much of, tends to go up. It's called supply and demand. So you can get rare books. Let's say there was the one of one Bible that was first written, just one. That would be worth many millions of pounds. The Mona Lisa. I mean, that's priceless because there's just one. So when there's not many and we value it, it goes up. Everyone's going to be selling sweets out there. <laughs> right. So another good property of money is it's durable. So let's say, say I had 20 pounds worth of meat. When I come back tomorrow, especially if it's hot, what could happen to that meat? It could go off, it could decay, it could get stolen. Lots of things could happen. So that 20 pounds worth of meat can go down to 18 pounds, 15 pounds. You know, sometimes you go in the supermarket and you see things that are going out of date that are sold off cheap. So if you bought 20 pounds worth of sweets, but really you could separate them into 20, put your margin on top and sell them for 40, that's good as long as they last. But if they go off tomorrow or you lose them or they get stolen, your money goes down. Now, sometimes people say to me, Rob, I'm not very intellectual. I'm not so good at some subjects. But actually, my friends who are multimillionaires, they are very good at buying for a pound and selling for two. And they're often dyslexic or they struggle a bit, you know, at school but they're really good with the people skills and they're good at selling. And they know where to buy something for one pound and sell it for two. And then what you do is you turn your 20 into 14, your 14 to 18, your 18 to 160, then you have enough money to invest and then you invest it. Yes, being broke. <laughs> so people say to me, 
Why did you start learning about money? Because I didn't have any. And right now we're in a culture where a lot of people have said, for example, well, you know, you've just got to be in touch with your emotions and you've always got to be happy and positive. And that's fine, but anger and frustration can also be a useful emotion. You can look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm quite frustrated that I don't have any money. Why not? What am I doing wrong? And that has really good energy to change a situation because usually people don't change until things get really bad. Like some of this stuff you may have read in books before. You might be thinking, yeah, this is nice. But when will you actually do something about it? Maybe when things get bad. So that happened to me. I was in a lot of debt. I was bad with money. Uh, and then I didn't like being in debt because I couldn't do anything nice. Couldn't give money. I give a lot of money away from my charity and I help a lot of people. I couldn't do that then. I couldn't even go out and buy a meal. So then what I started doing is going to talks, reading books, listening to you know, people like me who talk. And soon enough, you can learn all the strategies and tactics. So I'll give you an example. When you earn money, this is, this is a bit depressing, but it's true. What happens is you earn it if you're employed. And you get paid, but you don't get paid first. The government get paid first. So any of us in the room, we see our wage slip. And we see the income tax and the corporation tax. Well, I get corporation tax. Income tax, national insurance, uh, you know, our student loans. So it might say 2,000 at the top, but you get 1,000. Because the government take 1,000 off you first. And then you take the thousand that's left and then you've got your Netflix subscription and you've got your gym membership and you've got your food every month and your direct debits. You're like, there's only 30 pounds left. And so what happens is everyone else gets paid first and you get paid last. Bless you. Now, one of the books I'm going to put in this library is called The Richest Man in Babylon. And in that book, I learned if you want to build wealth and remember, wealth means well-being as well as money. Pay yourself first, which means when you get money, save some, save a third, invest a third, spend what's left. Now you get any pocket money. Let's say you get three pounds pocket money. Spend a pound, save a pound, and then the other pound look to invest maybe in buying some stock. So the stock exchange are the markets the financial markets that where you can invest into companies that will use your money and look to make a profit. That's the stock exchange. But stock in business means you're buying materials and supplies. So let's say I sell socks. I'll buy 10,000 socks in bulk and that's my stock. And I might buy them for 20 pounds and then I separate them into the pairs and I might sell them for 40 pounds. And so what I buy initially is my stock. Thank you, sir. Hands up for more questions. Let's go to Timmy. Um, my question is on um, what qualities do you have to have in order um, to trade in the marketing business? Oh, so true. 
Yeah, what skills do you need to trade in the marketing business? Okay, so trading is where you buy low, sell high. So you know you go to the markets and they have the fruit stalls and everything. They bought all of that fruit in bulk and then they sold it in bunches. That's called trading, where you go to auctions and you try and find little bargains like they do on TV, you know, on Antiques Roadshow. And you're trying to buy things that people have undervalued and then flip them on and sell them on. That's trading. Marketing is different. Now, I think many of you will be really good at marketing. So with marketing, you need to be good at getting your message out. And I hear many of you speak really well with good projection. You know, and you might build an online brand. You might have a podcast or a YouTube channel. And marketing is people seeing and knowing about you so they can then buy from you. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, my wife and I got married five years ago. And um, I wanted to look good for the wedding. So um, I went to Tom Ford, who makes suits. And I knew I wanted to get married in a Tom Ford suit because I knew of Tom Ford. And Tom Ford, me knowing Tom Ford, is marketing. When I went into Tom Ford, the person in the shop sold me two suits, waistcoat, two shirts, two ties, pair of shoes. I went in there expecting to get one suit and look like James Bond. And, and I came out having bought half the shop. S saw me coming. That's sales. Marketing is knowing the shop and where to go. Sales is once you're in there buying it all. So sales and marketing and trading, these are really good skills to make good money. And sir, how did they manage to persuade you to buy two suits as you were only having one wedding? Well, you needed, you've got your day event, and then you've got the evening event, and you, your wife will want you to look really good. And oh, oh, do you know Daniel Craig from James Bond? He wore this suit. In, and I'm, oh, you've got me. <laughs> yeah, so a quote I live by is... If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. What that means is, it's very easy in life to play safe, to not ask the question. My dad always says to me, if you don't ask, you don't get. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but I'm worried about being rejected. Or what if they say no? Or what if people make fun of me? So you don't unleash your own courage and you stay small, and then you wish you had. And so, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything, means if you want something, ask for it. Be polite, be nice to people, but go for what you want. Because you're more likely to regret something you didn't try than something you did. Sir, let's mentioned that you want to give to us very kindly and you were saying that uh, when you have money if you had three pounds you would save one pound you would invest one pound and then you would spend the rest and presumably 
the, the third that you're spending is obviously when you're earning money, you need to live, you need to pay your rent, you need to yeah. use transport and eat food and so on. So that's one third. And I thought it was interesting. You want to save one third and invest one third. And you also explained, of course, how with investments, some investments can be good and some investments can be bad. And so some investments can make you more money and some investments you can lose money on. Mm. So am I right in presuming that because investments are a bit risky, you don't want to invest everything. Yeah. That you want to save one and third. Yes. And then you can risk some of it. So with your yes. quote, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. That doesn't mean we don't want to risk anything, but we don't want to risk everything either. No, absolutely. We want to be contained yeah. in what we risk. Yeah. So what you do is, over time, you increase what you invest as you get proven results. Right. So explain what you mean by that. Well, you might start by save one pound, spend one pound, or spend one pound fifty, save one pound fifty, invest 20p. Right. And you might start investing small amounts of money because you don't want, because if you risk everything, you lose everything. If you risk nothing, you gain nothing. And by the way, as well, sometimes you, you can't afford when you start to only spend a pound and save a pound and invest a pound. You might be able to afford to, you've got to spend two pounds, save 50p, and you've only got 50p left. Because, you know, sometimes you don't earn more than you spend. Yeah. Sometimes, especially if you're um, poor or you're paying a lot of taxes, it's hard for you to earn more than you spend. Like if you think at the moment, food going up a lot, gas and electric and rent and everything going up. So you might earn 3,000, but your bills might be 3,300. And this is what it means by paying yourself last. So what you have to do is you have to get your expenses down you know, by saving on all the expenses, cancelling the direct debits and bringing it down. And then maybe you can get it down from 3,300 to 2,800 and you're earning 3,000. So then you've got the 200. And when you start, think big, start small. Think big. So I have a, a lot of cars, as Catherine. Um, sorry, Mrs. B. Didn't want me to talk too much about my cars, but just a little bit. So when I was a kid, I wanted a Lamborghini. And I had pictures all over the wall. And you can obviously start to learn to drive when you're 17. If you learn to drive in a Lamborghini when you're 17, you're going to crash and die. Because you're not ready for this massive car with all this power. So you start in a little nice Ford Fiesta and you learn like that. And then maybe you can go up to another car and another car. And then when you make all this money, then you can get your Lamborghini. And life's very much like that. You build up towards things. Thank you for that, Sarah. I've actually got a question. I wonder whether you could just tell us, so you spoke earlier about some of the opportunities that you get given in life and that you need to take those chances. I wonder if you could just tell us some of the chances that you've taken in your own life. Hmm. Moving out of living with mum and dad. 
that um, because I was 26, working in my mum and dad's pub, not earning much money, living above, rents were high, it's hard to find somewhere to live. And it's fine living with your parents when you're 12, but when you're 26, that's kind of not cool to live with your parents. Um, but I felt stuck. So moving out and maybe renting a small little room with a group of friends to start with, that was definitely something. Also, when I was in debt, I didn't have like, much money for petrol and things. So I sold my car and I, with the money, I paid off some debt and I bought a, a bike, push, you know, a push bike. I used to ride that around everywhere until I could th then afford to get a, a nice car. Okay, so I don't really give advice. I just share my experience because we're all living our own life. And there's things you can learn and there's things you've got to figure out yourself, trial and error. Because sometimes, for example, what teaches you how to be a good investor is making a bad investment and losing a bit of money and, and, and getting the lesson. But one thing I would say is, be careful to not get in the debt trap. And um, when we were younger, we wouldn't buy anything unless we had the money. And now, you can get credit for everything. And so we're in this society where I want it, I'll put it on credit. A TV, a car, anything like that. Whereas our generation would be, I want it, I'm going to go and save for it. And then when I've got the money, then I'm going to buy it. So if you're in debt, because there's two types of debt, you might want to write this down. There's good debt and bad debt. And good debt is when you borrow money and you can buy an asset with it that goes up in value. And that money that you didn't have enables you to own an asset that will go up in value. Like property is one of them. You need to get a mortgage. Bad debt is TV, car, any kind of higher purchase. So what you want to do is only get good debt. And if you're in some kind of debt and your money is going down, pay it off as quick as possible. Rip up the cards. That's a very oh, uh, yeah. Signal, sir, your scissors there that you were doing. <laughs> because um, we do want Thank to, you. Uh, before we run out of time, open, officially open, our finance bookcase, which I know you're going to add to, and we've got more books coming in for, and I'm very excited about it. And I'm really excited to see all of you taking out these books. Um, I liked how Sir talked about readers are leaders, and we know this. So, shall you do us the honor then, Sir, of opening up the bookcase? Absolutely. If we just pause there for the time being, Sir will open the bookcase, and then we'll have time to pack things away. I officially open the Michaela finance section of the library so you can all be rich and happy <laughs> doing what you love and loving what you do and Mrs B is going to take all that <laughs> Thank you <laughs> Great and thank you for all of that I mean 
we, you know, we need to have you back several times. There's so much to learn when it comes to finance. There is. Yep. It, it's been my pleasure. Yeah. Well, Thanks for having me. And you sparked our interest. I'm going to be taking out one of your books myself and reading it and seeing how much more we can all learn on finance. So let us thank Mr. Moore for coming, as I say, all the way from Peterborough today to come and speak to us. Can I say a couple of more quick, oh, quick little things? Um, so in two weeks, I'm doing a charity event. Um, it's a charity boxing match. And um, we will hopefully raise a quarter of a million pounds. And that will be for my charity, which is um, called the Robmore Foundation. So um, I especially focus on young and underprivileged people who want to start their businesses um, or learn how to be successful. So if any of you in two weeks time feel like you'd like a grant or a loan that you don't have to pay back or a little bit of financial help to launch a YouTube or your podcast, you know, or, or trade. Maybe you could share the website in a couple of weeks when I've done that. Um, one of the great things about um, having money is being able to help other people. And, and that's really important. It's not just about cars and watches and things like that. Um, and, and anyone can reach me on any um, social media DMs. Thank you. Thank you very much.